Well, now Craig has successfully doxed himself. Uh, let's get let's get let's get started uh, with with episode 177 uh, and the the season finale, boys. Um, we're here. We made it. Um, your first your first season doing this. How how are you feeling? You feeling good? You think it's been a good year? Successful? I mean, you couldn't it's have had a performance review for both of us. Is this it? We're getting we're going to get fired after this show. Mm, I can I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. I feel it in my bones as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, all I'm saying is we joined the pod and Brighton broke a bunch of their own records and, and finished ninth in the table. So that that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, Maybe I mean, look, wrong. look what happened. So yeah, we'll, we'll take uh, it. A hundred percent of the time we've been on the pod, Brighton have finished in the top 10 of the Premier League. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. I would like to take some credit for deciding to do so. Uh, get, get you on. Um, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about uh, lowdown today. So, for those listening, uh, I'm not sure we'll get many viewers tonight, given that it's very late in the UK and right in the middle of, as you say, Adam, like getting shit done time. Really, for the the people over in the US, you're either still at work or you're just getting home and getting chilled out. So uh, don't expect many people on here. But for those listening uh, tomorrow morning, um, talking to you in the future from the past, uh, we're going to go over stats first. Um, Bunch of just interesting stats to talk about. Um, Gives you a little bit of perspective when it comes to the inevitable transfer conversation we'll be having a little bit later on in the show. Um, We're going to cover our favorite games, our worst games, uh, a big shout out to the Together BHA Fantasy Premier League winner. Um, well worthy of a mention this year uh, for reasons mm. you'll find out shortly. Uh, squad shakedown. Um, so this is what we did uh, last two years in a row. Um, we, I say we, I used to bucket the players into what I thought was five categories. Um, and we'll be going through those together today. We'll go through that first to that first team squad uh, and see what we think as to, you know, how useful these players are and what their status is uh, for nothing more than just fantasy booking because it's fun. Um, and then uh, finishing off, we will be talking about the inevitable transfer window. So all the rumors, all the stuff coming through uh, that we've seen in just the last 10 days, which is more than I want to be seeing, uh, especially as there seems to become more and more weight to one specific transfer. Now we're starting to talk about 60 million pounds. Um, that sounds more realistic, which is quite sad. Uh, and yeah, we'll go from there, talk about players we want to see coming in, um, play areas of you know areas of improvement possible replacements and stuff like that uh inevitably to to never be signed anyway but i'm sure that you two don't know this but i will forever live off of the fame that my squad shakedown on the very first season review i earmarked Izquierdo as the player to sign from belgium and they went and did it and i've i've lived my entire life off of the back of Izquierdo signing ever since so we can uh, we can try and revisit those dizzy heights again today. That's pro- uh, if I, I've, I'll do that then. I'll predict a Belgian league player coming to join Brighton. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've actually got two. I think I was going to say. I think I'll be pretty on it. Three? Yeah. I think uh, you may have. Three. Nah, Kozlowski ain't going to come. No, he's on loan <laughs> again, guaranteed. But yeah, I've got two. <laughs> um, so starting off with the stats. Uh, Let's start off with the obvious one quickly, real quick. Player of the season, I'm assuming, is Kukurea for all three of us. Is that correct? Just to make mm-hmm. it a formality there. Yeah. 
yeah, nothing else to yep. say. It is. <laughs> All right. So I've got a bunch of stats here and we can discuss them as much as we want to or we don't. But for a lot of people who, who are listening to the show, sometimes they don't really pay attention, right? They just watch the games and go home and think what they think. So with some of the players, especially in the firing line, uh, for for outward and inward movement, um, there's some interesting stuff. So leading goal scorer this year, uh, not a striker all alone. Uh, Mope and Trossard with eight goals apiece this season. Um, the much maligned Trossard in the beginning, in the middle part of this season, um, uh, from all of us, not just you, Adam, uh, has came through and and actually hit top scorer for the Albion. Uh, rumors are we have a we have a one year extension. Uh, important to keep him, you think? Yeah, very important. I, it's, I, he obviously has added goals to that, and he's a, a threat. Uh, I think eight goals this season. There's a, a number of assists. I can't look at the assists because I haven't got them in front of me, but I think just the the, the play that he has, and you saw the build-up that he has with our with our formality player of the season as well. They They play really well together, so I think it's important that we keep him. I, I, for the year, I think it's really important. Um, but I want to see what Matoma ends up looking like because that's the most like-for-like swap positionally. I know Trossard often drifts in, but for the most part, towards the latter part of the season, he played in that sort of left, I guess left wing back, but more pushed up than what I'd consider a traditional wing back. That's where Matoma plays. Matoma scored for Japan on international duty today, I think this morning as of recording. Last uh, goal too, wasn't it? I didn't actually see it, but let's say yes. Um, Channeling is in a, in a Danny Welbeck, I think he was, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a chip from close range, really nice. Can, but if he can become close to Nakata in some capacity, that, that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> um, but he, he played in 21 appearances in, in Belgium, five goals, four assists, give or take a, a contribution every, every couple of games for him. Let's see what he's like. There's been lots of chatter about him being pretty impressive player coming in sounds like he's going to move straight into the squad next year from what we hear um give him a year to bed in and i think if you need to wave goodbye to trust despite his very impressive season if if patchy um you make that decision yep sounds good to me uh neil mope as well let's not forget also joining him top scorer on these charts uh clearly not a hundred percent happy boy um, despite the mixed messages he keeps putting out almost every single game day. Uh, he's clearly not 100% happy here, and yet he still ends the season joint top scorer. Dude, what what do we make of this? Is it? I know, Adam, you said he's not going to be here, in your opinion, at the beginning of next season, but that's our joint top goal scorer we're looking at. It just tells me that we don't have a good enough goal scorers. <laughs> I know we just said that we just finished. I know all of that, like, incredible. But it just it just says that maybe he's. I think for the expectations that we had for him coming in and what he would do, it's still not what you want. I don't think anyone can deny that. Y- yes, statistically it's there, but to the eye test, to Graham Potter's eye test, he dropped him for a number of games. Like clearly, it's not good enough. A lot of those goals were the, the first half of the season, though. Um, if you. Uh-huh. Just it in that he always and he did it the season before, like obviously started really quickly and then sort of fell off pretty quickly. Um and this season required him to drop to the bench. Um, you know, I think it's only to re-emphasize Adam's point that 
we do not have a categorical goal scorer any anymore, and the Premier League doesn't look like it really has too many of those anymore either. But um, yeah, I think he's good, but I I don't think he's happy, and he's not getting the game time that he wants. So um, I guess we'll come on to that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're not wrong. I mean, the top two goal scorers, the top two Golden Boot joint winners, neither of them are out and out strikers. Uh, both of them, both of them are more kind of wingers, really. Um, so it's a it's a good point. Uh, On to the assists. Um, bit of a damning number, really. Only four uh, is the top assist number. Um, really bad. Yeah, two of them, though. Uh, Pascal Gross, unsurprisingly, Mr. Consistent up there. Um, and honestly, Pascal could have had, probably had eight uh, if we had better strikers available to us. Um, and the one that really, you know, both of these are worth talking about, again, because one of these is out of contract in less than a month uh, as of right now. Uh, you know, I'll probably wake up tomorrow and maybe to renew his deal. But as of right now, uh, he's out of contract in less than a month and he's our top assist Assister, assist maker, assistee. Um, and Enot Mwepu uh, is also the same way on four as well. And he's one of the least played minutes in the in the in the midfield going. Um obviously I think we're all expecting or at least hoping for really big things for, for Mwepu next season. Um oh yeah, there's this I guess there's two elements to, to what you just said. There's the fact that Mwepu did phenomenally well. Uh, and then there's the other part, which is other players maybe didn't live up to what they wanted. There, there was there was a lot of movement and fluidity in playing uh, players in that group. We had Basuma go out for the Afcon. We didn't have Caicedo for most of the season. He came in in January. Um, you know, we we lost people to pretty Moda to the significant injury. Alzate was in and out the team. Lalana was dropped. So. Yeah, it sounds like we, it was pretty low on, on on terms of leaders for assists, but also there were so many players that just played parts of the season and chipped in and chipped out. So that's tough. The other piece is if we're, if we're doing stats, we we had the second worst XG differential in the league, which is you know uh, same old story a little bit. Table positioning different this time around, but only Norwich were worse than us this year. Uh, only Norwich. We ended up with a minus 12.45 XG differential, which if you don't follow XG, that's the difference between the number of goals a team actually scored and the number of goals the team is expected to score based on the quality of chances. I'm stealing this from Sky Sports. Um, worse worse than Burnley, worse than Watford. Yeah. Uh, back on the Moepu piece as well, just seeing that he, he played under a thousand minutes out of the umpteen amounts that we played. I think he played about 30% of, of the, the game time that we had this season as well. So the manager managed to, to fit four assists in, in that shorter span. Um, I feel injury-wise, he seems a little bit prone. Um, let's just hope that he can stay injury-free for an entire season and then we'll really see what he can do because he is, he is pretty special. But I think it's just his injuries that are in, inhibiting me a little bit. Didn't have that at Salzburg, so hopefully it was just a just a thing, just a weird thing mm-hmm. that it hit him. Um, uh, well, well segued into the XG that was on there. I can delete that now. Uh, that's, that's stolen. That was, yeah. No, that was superbly integrated. Uh, you put it better than I would have. Um, Man of the match awards uh, is an interesting one. So on who scored and so for score, 
they have what they consider their man of the match of the game. Um, and Leandro Trossard tops that list for Albion too. Five times he was considered the man of the match mm-hmm. uh, in any game. Uh, we've already really spoken about Trossard a fair bit already, so I'm not going to go over that too much. But again, just highlighting the the importance he's had um, both early season and late season. It's kind of a shame he had that dip in the middle. Let, let me do a little bit of my Trossard hatred here because, um, <clears throat> yes, it five men in the man of the match and well-deserved. But if we did, like, stank up the match award... I bet he'd have the leading number of those too. You know, so that's the, the, the we've talked about this a lot, but you get the sublime or the ridiculousness from from, from that's, Leandro. That's the thing, isn't it? When he's good, he's great, and that's where he catches all the plaudits. Um, but he, when he's having a bad game, boy, is he anonymous. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tweet who scored for that uh, stinker of the game statistics. <laughs> yeah, get we add one in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's not hard, is it? The lowest lowest ranking player of the game uh, is is dick of the day sort of thing. Get it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Yellows uh, most booked player this season for the Brighton and Over Albion. Any guesses? Veltman. Craig. Oh, I've I've got it in front of me, mate. I can't. Spoil. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, Bisuma ten. Mm. 10 yellow cards. Um, Annie was out for AFCON. Andy had got dropped for a little bit just for oh, being I'd a sell him a for that. <laughs> um, yeah. He was. He won that award last season too and the season before that. Um, so the uh, the role of defensive midfielder um, is kind of an inevitability, right? I feel like it's always going to be the, the role that gets booked the most. Um, but... Yeah, Basuma yeah. leads leads the uh, leads the team. Red cards, first time uh, in a while. I think ever in the Premier League, we've only had a top red card of one. We've always had at least more than one red card. So, uh, joint winners here. Congratulations, uh, Lewis Dunk and Robert Sanchez with one apiece. Sanchez's um, red card was very very well earned. He deserved it, but in a good way. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, and I don't even remember donkeys. Do you? No. Oh, what was it? No. The old dude brothers in the chat. If you can remember Lewis Dunk's uh, yellow card, or the other two viewers, I can see on the little eyeball emoji. Uh, if you know what donkeys red was, let us know. I'm assuming it must have been maybe two yellows. Um, most minutes played is an interesting one. Uh, the winner of this last season was Benjamin White. Um, immediately hopped over to Arsenal. Uh, rather scarily, the winner outfield this season is Mark Kukurea. Yeah, it's not surprising. Uh, with 3,092 minutes, uh, only topped by Sanchez, um, who, as a goalkeeper, that's exactly what should be happening most seasons. Didn't happen last year because of the swap halfway through, um, but every season is is usually the goalkeeper is the leading man there but Kukurea uh Mr. Consistent no injuries nothing he just steamrolled along for the entire season uh, at what 23 years old in his first go in the Premier League outrageous I quite like the idea that we're treating uh some of our premium players like uh sports cars where we know we're not going to have them for a very long period of time and we're going to sell them on, but we're going to absolutely destroy them, run them into the ground, and then sell them on for a nice like profit. Uh, white, maybe Kukurea. If that's what you're going to do, you may as well get the most use out of them. 
Yeah, not surprising at all. I was I was just looking up the donkey red card as well. It was uh, at Man United. Oh, that was a game yeah. to forget. That was one of the, I think if they, if we do a most frustrating game, not worst, but most frustrating. That that was the most frustrating game, or the one of the Norwich games. And that kick that kicked off our uh, our losing streak too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a red, was it? If I recall correctly, that was a dodgy, dodgy decision. That's um, that. that's ringing some bells. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That is annoying. Actually, now I remember it. Um, Norwich is annoying because we should have had that penalty in the first Norwich game uh, that VAR looked at three times um, and totally ignored, similar to the Forest game last weekend, uh, which was a clear foul and a pen. Uh, and VAR just went, "Now, nah, mate, you're right." Um, <laughs> Forest chairman now being investigated for narco's slash Breaking Bad levels of corruption. So uh, say no more. Uh, <laughs> Uh, interceptions, most interceptions per game. Bisuma, an average of 1.9 successful interceptions per game. Unsurprising there. That's kind of the job. He's been yeah, you, you take you, you take the yellow cards if he gets the interceptions awards. That's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearances. And they have to have played more than 12 games uh, to be eligible for this. Shane Duffy with a whopping 4.2 clearances per game. Uh, I got these numbers a while ago, but I believe the next closest was like at most in the low threes. Like he's a clearance machine. Just I wouldn't out, have boys. I wouldn't have guessed that if you'd given me twenty minutes. Yeah. No, you we would have gone through the whole squad in that time, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd, oh, like, yeah I'd like to hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you you forget how good he started the season as well. It feels like so long ago, but yeah, yeah. Uh, blocks most successful blocks in a game. It has um, to be always Lewis. It's always Lewis Dunk, surely. It is a joint winner with an average of one block per game successful, Duffy and Dunk. Yeah. Which, again, just yeah. shows how much he decided to just throw his body on the line for the 12-odd games he played in. <laughs> uh, Shane Duffy. Um, what a guy. Uh, again, um, interceptions and tackles, King. Most tackles, successful tackles in a game, an average of 2.9. Pesuma, again, tops the list. Those yellow cards starting to make sense <laughs> yeah. as they roll down the list. Um, total number of key passes per game. Unsurprisingly, Pascal Gross, 2.1 per game. Uh, and then aerial battles, one. Shane Duffy, an average of yeah. 3.6 per game. Um, not a particular amount of surprise and names in there, is there? Mm. No. I, it, it's kind of shocking to see that Duffy played 18 games this season. I thought I thought it was like the first five or six, and then he was out. But apparently not. It's a long season, isn't it? When you look back, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It it does feel like, especially our season this year, where it felt like absolutely two slash three seasons in one, based on our form and the way we ebbed and flowed. Um, very bizarre one. Like the last, I guess, from about sort of March, April onwards felt like an entirely different season from prior to that point. It really did. Yeah, big, big difference. And then with the COVID drama all over Christmas as well, it almost felt like there was a season break there for a lot of teams, which also throws in that weird aspect as well. Um, Let's move on. Well, does anybody else have any stats they want to share? Anything? 
I've got something knocking about here. Hold on. I thought you might. I knew you yeah, had the yeah. XG there, but I thought the might be That was the squirreled away. Back pocket. Um, yeah, well, uh, firstly, if you don't follow Albion Analytics, if you listen to this podcast, you probably should be following Albion Analytics because they always post some really good stuff. Um, Brighton's ranking among non-big six sides in, in the league this year. Most shots, highest turnovers, uh, second most... 10-plus uh, open play passing sequences ending in shots and second-fewest XG goals conceded. So basically telling us we had a lot of shots, lots of passes, didn't concede much, but we also, on the flip side, didn't score that often. So really not saying a ton based on what we know from the eye test, but proving, I guess, some of the other stats that we talked about. The team defends very well. We keep a ton of possession, and oftentimes we're, we're a little bit... Uh, wasteful at the end of it but i do want to with all my trossard hatred i want to give him a little bit of love uh our highest dribble success rate in the premier league and you have to have completed 50 dribbles there's there's five players on this list can you guys maybe name two or three of them at whole premier league saint maximum it's got to be up there he's number five son nope there's two English players on the list. Jared Owen. Yeah. Oh. No. Wow. Uh, his Grealish. teammates. His teammate is on it. Jared Bowen's teammates on there. Declan, Mr. Rice, number two. Declan Rice. Wow. Of highest dribble success rate because he he just motors forward, doesn't he? When he wins that ball. The other Englishman is is Walker Peters. Bizarrely, in third, Sissoko. Uh, he used to do that. I didn't think he did that this season. Uh, number one, Leandro Trossard, 70% dribble success rate, highest in the Premier League. Very good. I never I never want to hear someone say he can't beat his man ever again. Never. Yeah. Apart from 30% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to favourite game and worst game. Um, I'm intrigued to see what we have here because everybody weighs things differently don't they so uh craig hit us with your your favorite game of the season for yourself i i thought on the contrary i think we're all going to have very similar i was trying I to think. think of other things but it has to be the united win at the end of the season um yeah we would just i remember just us talking in the group chat and stuff just asking what what the hell's going on and what sort of parallel world we're living in here because we were we were tearing them apart it should have been five six seven um it was just a joy to watch it's just 90 minutes of just pure fun um yeah, i can't really look past much that honorable mentions to arsenal and tottenham away too um very good games where we played our really good football and got our just desserts which very rarely happens so that's quite nice but it has to be the united one at home that was that was magic uh, it, 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 yeah, for me, it is United at home for all the reasons you just said. Uh, the Mopé's goal at Palace is early on in the season. If we go down to moments, like amazing moments, that stands out for me. And it wasn't even three points. But I think where we're at in the season coming off, what did we That was our sixth game of the season. We'd won three of the the prior games uh we'd only lost against everton and that really felt like just the biggest you know f you to those those guys up there and that's 
it's hard to top those moments. Uh, and it was nice that it was Mope. It was just a lot of things going on there. It wasn't the best game. That was Man United. That's when we went on an absolute draw madness at that point. Um, mm. I think we drew like the next 10 out of 12 or something ridiculous. That was Adam and his magical formula, wasn't it? Draw, 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 lose. And we've done that yeah. three times over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Manchester United for me as well. Um, it was just outrageous wasn't it um the the honorable mention for me uh, is both Watford games and yeah. the reason I say it is not because we we won like we did but the manner in which we won and I think it's the first time in what five seasons we've been here now I think it's the first time in five years I could say and anyone watching it could say this looks like a Premier League team against a championship team and we aren't the ones considered the championship team yeah, like we look like an established Premier League side toying with a smaller club, and that was something that Albion haven't been capable of doing for a long time. Not in the manner that they did, um, and then to do it twice, <laughs> to go ahead and do it again uh, later on in the season for me was really impressive. Um, just they just dominated them from start to finish, and I feel like it's very rare that we ever watch a game and think we're totally comfortable from minute one to minute 90 without a worry. It was that, it was the second game of the season, was it? First home game at the MX. Uh, and it was just Adam Webster charging constantly up and passing it to the right side just over and over again. And they just didn't do anything about it. Um, Cause I think we went into that game, didn't we? we Cause we, we, we just, we did the Burnley comeback and there were question marks and you look at the Watford front line, and this is back. Remember, this is second game of the season. Watford weren't just like this. Oh, they're going to be the worst team in the league, or one of the second worst team. They, you were scared of that front grouping. They just battered Villa. Yeah, uh, and and it was just surprising. I think the worst part though was that just coming off the back of that, like, oh, we can beat anyone now. We just smashed, we beat Burnley, smashed Watford, just get destroyed by Everton. <laughs> Damari Gray, such as football. Yeah. Uh, worst game that, uh, now this that, one I thought would be <laughs> yeah that Everton game is up there isn't it yeah, yeah. what have we got I, I can go um, I think it's the Burnley game uh, in, in February because of the feeling of momentum that we had generated win, at Brent, win against Brentford draw against Chelsea, win against Everton, draw against Palace, draw against Leicester, draw against Chelsea in that incredible game, win against Watford and get smashed 3-0 against Burnley. Horrid, horrid feeling. Uh, An honourable mention for me, and someone will probably have this one as well, though, that Man United game that we just mentioned before was just, ugh, just a sad game that I don't think we deserve to lose 1-0, let alone 2-0. Yep. I had Burnley on my list too. Um, it's just, yeah, really bad. Um, I had Everton too, um, just <laughs> considering the hindsight of the full season uh, and sort of, I guess, going down in, in that way against the team that really wasn't that good over 38 games at all. Um, it's disappointing. Um, and then there's a honourable mention for me around, I think it was Tottenham at home where we just didn't produce anything. And it was just a really bad game to watch. I just remember, I remember it just because it was 
so dull and and we really didn't do anything so there's a few to pick but i think burnley and everton are up there um, for sure for me yeah burnley was up there for, uh, i couldn't think of anything else for me uh that was just horrific from the minute we started it was just bad bad football bad everything we just were bad <laughs> it could it could have been six like honestly at the end of that first half it felt like they were just destroying us every time they came forward um and and that's and I think as well like it really the United game was bad enough but that really put like the cherry on top of the beginning of that shit show of a run horrible run it was a gut punch wasn't it it was like finally just wind in the sails and then just of all clubs Burnley come along (laughs) don't have to worry about that this year they can't they can't (laughs) hurt us now there's always a new Burnley uh, we'll we'll get. Oh, I'm sure we'll get onto this, but the 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 pedigree of the Premier League coming into this next season, it feels potentially, depending on signings, one of the one of the strongest ever. Um, it doesn't feel like you can go. These three teams are crap enough that they're definitely going down. It doesn't feel like that. But anyway, yeah, no, I agree. Um, Fantasy Premier League uh, together, BHA Fantasy League. Um, been running for two years now. Last year, it went down to the last day and was very close. This year, did not. Uh, Richard Tipple with Cancelo Culture, great name, by the way, uh, dominated. Um, finished the year on 2,699 points. Second place, 2,559. Uh, don't feel bad, anyone who played in that league. Uh, Mr. Tipple finished 1,059th in the world this year out of 7 million players he really wanted he really wanted it unbelievable that is crazy that's that's why that's why I didn't win so (laughs) congratulations to him but he's banned now from next year (laughs) yeah yeah, he's uh, that's the prize never allowed back Yeah. (laughs) yeah he uh so uh, the winner basically just gets uh, a unspecified amount of money um, to spend in the club shop, and I get that shipped to them um, as as the dub. Uh, and he decided that all he wanted for Christmas uh, was the Brian Horton buck. Um, so he went ahead and grabbed that. Uh, Brian himself was delighted by it. He even had something to say on Twitter. I told him to really enjoy the book, which was a bit, <laughs> a bit random. Uh, Brian's just perusing his own name just in case, just in case. something to it's, do isn't it yeah I mean I suppose if I was in any way mildly famous I'd probably get tempted every now and again mm. see if anyone said anything about me um, if I was Amber Heard I'd probably stay away from that for now um, <laughs> but for Brian Horton what's he got to lose just quick shout out actually at Siegel underscore Rich uh, on twitter if you want to follow him next year uh may have been a one-hit wonder and he may lead you astray and take you to a four millionth place finish uh but if you think he may be the chosen one uh get following him at seagull rich uh to see if he can do it twice if he can um then he will be banned (laughs) 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 absolutely um let's talk uh Squad status, transfers, possible outgoing transfers. 
Um, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to go through every single player. I'm going to read out every single player in the squad, um, and we can debate amongst ourselves uh, which category, which bucket you want them to live in. And they have five different buckets. So you've got the expendables. So who cares? Get rid of them. Could not care less if they're here next year. Squad player. Pretty pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, first 11 player. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the one that I, I lovingly call the Ted DiBiase gang. Uh, and that's everyone's got a price. So even though you would really like to keep him, Craig will like it. Adam won't understand what the fuck I'm on about. Mm, but yeah. uh, the idea is that, yes, they're very good. They're great even, but these guys are probably going to be attracting stupid enough sums of money that we can allow to go. So Ben White last year would have been classified as a first 11 player, but he definitely would have fit more into the everyone's got a price tag um, group. And then the final group is the untouchables. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you throw at us, this player, it needs to be FFP breaking amounts of money. He's so important to our building and our foundation of our squad. Maybe there won't even be anyone in that list. But if oh, there is, yeah. If there is, uh, we'll find out short in short order. Um, Might be. So, starting off uh, at the back line, uh, Big Bobby Sanchez. Where are we putting the young Spanish goalkeeper that is probably going to be going to the Curse World Cup next year? Uh, latest on him is transfer of rumours with... Uh, you know the thieves up north Newcastle they want every they want the copper wiring out of the walls <laughs> at the Amex um, and, uh, and and Leicester which Leicester uh, keep being rumoured with keepers we talked about keepers last week with Leicester right because Casper's probably not got too long left um, anyway where does he fit I mean, he's definitely a first eleven player, isn't he? So yeah, he's he, every everyone has he's in the everyone has a price bucket for me. I've I've got him there as well. It, obviously, he's integral, and until we see some extreme amounts of blood money potentially. So um, yeah, if it's if it's extortionate, then then sure. But I wouldn't have him just in the untouchable. I think he's he's just there. Everyone has a price. Yep, I would probably go with that as well. Um, just because he is he is one of those players that may well attract those outrageous amounts of money, like you say, that they really could break the bank um, if they're stupid enough to. Uh, all right, uh, unanimous decision straight away. Uh, Mr. Steele next. Jason Steele. Where where are we putting uh, Mr. Steele? Suspect this may be unanimous too. Squad player. Nah, get rid of get rid. I, I, I want the Ajax lads to be on the bench. Yeah, same. He's but he, meant, but he doesn't, Ajax, want, to be, he? He doesn't yeah. want to be there is my only issue. Sherp? Yeah, yeah Sherp. He <laughs> does not want to be on the bench. You're talking about a cup keeper there in Steele as well, who, who knows his role and does it does it well. Um, I, I, yeah, the only reason I haven't got him in Expendables is because, yeah, Sherpin's not going to sit on the bench. He's probably dirt cheap as well, isn't he, Steele? Yeah, uh, you know, steel, just like other commodities at the moment, 
it's probably gone up in price. That's, I, 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 I'm a believer that you can you can bring in a uh, no, people don't like finance commodities jokes. Uh, I feel like you can bring in a second, third choice keeper relatively easily. Um, they don't cost much. Like in the East, we were nervous when Steele played a couple of games this season. One game he did pretty well. One game we didn't do too well. Um, it's, it's it's whatever. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. But all right, final votes. Uh, hands up for expendable. Get rid. Craig, you've been outvoted. Uh, he's in the get rid part. <laughs> your, co- your protest has been noted uh, and That's routine that, and is, a- that is fair <laughs> this goes um, straight to Bloom and Co by the way yeah, uh, yeah. So. this is uh, you should see our football manager say it's Tony uh, use respect there um, no I, th- I I think that you'd I'd rather see a, a McGill right on the on the bench as that sub keeper if we're going to go with that um, someone young that could genuinely become a decent goalkeeper for us in, in due time that would be pretty much delighted to sit on the bench uh, and earn a small Premier League wage at 19 years old uh, as opposed to Steele. Um, Tarek Lamptey next up. This is an interesting one. Would love to hear your thoughts on Mr. Lamptey after this season. I have him as everyone has a price. I think there's silly money that's going to go around for him and just because of well, I mean, he's just electric. Um, I think if there's a silly amount that comes in for him, I think given his injury status and his proneness, um, if someone's willing to spend that much money on him, I, I think we we would take it. <sighs> Here's the problem with Tarek. He's suffered from his you know, difficult second album, uh, difficult second season scenario, and... With the injury, he's not been the same since. We know that. He's at the moment, he's literally a squad player. He, he isn't playing in the first 11 as of the tail end of the season. But you're not going to, he can't bracket him as that because then it just sounds like you sell him for whatever. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has to be everyone has a price. If you just said last season, I probably said untouchable, but no, he's, he has a price, isn't he? Yes, uh, I would agree with that too. He was in my untouchable list last year. I think he was the only one actually in my untouchable list last year, uh, simply because we just hadn't seen enough and it would have been stupid to get rid. Um, Outrun, hello. Yes, uh, the Ted DiBiase gang is a real segment. Uh, we are actually doing <laughs> that. Um, so so well heard. Um, so Lamptey enters the Everyone Has a Price group. Uh, and next up, uh, Mark Kukurea. Player of the season. Um, let's take this opportunity to talk about the last ten days of this saga uh, that may well go another ten or forty, <laughs> depending on how long this shit drags out. Um, what it's going on here? Expendable, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still of the belief he doesn't leave. Uh, and, and I may sound very, very stupid very soon, which is not going to be the first time. But I, I'm not buying into. Firstly, the, all of these initial reports coming out, and uh, you mentioned this earlier. They were like, what were they? Twenty five, thirty million. So, well, no, that's that's not going to happen. I think the only way that you can ever justify a fee like that for a player that has clearly just come in and, and done what he's done is. Uh, you say, well, well, you only paid X amount for him 
12 months ago you've just doubled your money basically it ended up being what 17 18 all said and done um well you take you take that and you walk away it's a smart business move and you you've signed someone again for 15 this time around and you're, you're set enjoy the other 20 million you've got in your pocket that makes business sense but I think there would be, I think the fans, ourselves included, I'd be outraged if we sold him for 30, 35. It seems like such a waste of, it seems like a generational style talent. Um, if he goes, it's going to be for a lot, uh, I would hope, but I still, I don't think he goes. All the pretending, the no accounts, and I was saying 60 million, aren't they? Um, if I read a report from that, if I read that on the club website in two weeks' time, I'm a lot less upset than 30. Uh, <laughs> if it goes for 60, then you go, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> it's hard, though, isn't it? Um, uh, uh, Craig, what do you think? I mean, it's would you if you saw on the website 60 million? Would you would you be would you make peace with that? Uh I don't. I honestly have no idea. Like, I feel like I'm just chucking everyone into the same bucket, like, <laughs> like a pure Ted DiBiase. But for me, he is untouchable. I think I would still be annoyed if I saw 60 mil pop up on the website. Um, I think player of the season, players player of the season, like 23, 24, probably going to the World Cup. Give us one more season, see how high we can get, and then you can get your big move. He's got time, and I just think. I'm with you, Adam. I, I don't think he leaves. Um, will I make peace that we made a lot of money off him? Sure, but I'd still be very disappointed. He ha- he has he has a good win a World Cup and does what he does this year and adds a World Cup onto it. You're looking at eighty next year. His his devil's advocate. Your untouchable last season was was Tarek Lamptey. Now. I think if someone came in and said, we'll, put, we'll give you 30 million for Tarek Lamptey, the club would go, yes, please. Thank you very much. Things can change. If Mark ends up suddenly tears his ACL, something goes wrong next season and the club could have taken 60 million. Uh, yeah, anything can happen here. So All that's right. the other side. Where are we voting, boys? Uh, I, I am untouchable. I am voting that Kukurea is untouchable. I, w- I wouldn't be upset if I saw £60 million, but I would mourn him <laughs> if, if yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be at peace, so I'd be untouchable as well. Uh, no, uh, there's no player in the history of football at any club that I will ever say is untouchable. Every player has a price. It's just an amount. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the rest of your, uh, your list. <laughs> I might change my mind in two minutes. Who knows? <laughs> Don't you dare sell Shane Duffy. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Kukurea is entering the untouchable gang um, just because he uh, it, you, you lost you lost the Democratic vote, Adam. Yeah, I mean, um, Pep's, Pep's going to show you up in about a week potentially. So yeah, yeah, the fraud, the bold fraud is going to absolutely mug us off, isn't he? Um, the, the, well, the, he's the follicle antithesis to the bold fraud, Mark Kukurea. I think in some ways. <laughs> Part this is <laughs> part of this is, is it's that? a hair based transfer move. So uh, yeah, clip that. Um, next up, uh, Adam Webster. I'll go first. Uh, I've got him as first eleven player. I don't think he is a player that's going to be susceptible to a big bid. Um, so any money that does come in for him, I don't see it being one that I'll be willing to take. 
just because of his injury proneness the second half of the season. Um, but he's clearly a huge asset to us, and he's a great centre-half. I don't think he's going to be in demand enough to warrant a Ted DiBiase stable member. Um, but I think he comfortably slots into the first 11 group. This is a wrestling thing you guys are saying, right? Yeah. Is this what he buy? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, every player has a price. But for me, that list, that group, uh, a group of players that realistically could see big bids come in that we may have to let go. He's not one of those for me. I don't think we're going to see someone come in with a big bid for Adam Webster. So he sits in the first 11 for myself. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I had him in first first 11. I have the same feeling. We're not going to see 30, 40, 50 come in for him. We paid 20 for him. Um, I, I, I can't see a, a big move happening with him unless, unless he does something outrageous next season. Um, I think he's very good in the system that we play. Um, and I don't think we'll get any big offers for him, but I'm more than happy with that. I think he's flipping fantastic. So, um, yeah, I've got him in first 11. I'm higher on Adam Webster than you, you both are. Uh, I think he is absolutely pivotal to this team from building out from the back. I think he does that better than anyone else in the, in the middle uh, of that defence. I know he's been injured, but I think we suffered when he was injured. Um significantly he is signed up until 2026 he's coming into his prime there were we were talking about him playing for england during a, a good run of form and it wasn't just us it was people that weren't affiliated with with, with the club talking about that i, I think he's i think he's a, he's a tier above that and i know i'm already outvoted but i, I think he's incredibly important no that's fair um yeah you've you've been outvoted but that's entire i mean i think he's hugely important too um my reasoning, like I said, is I, I just don't think he's going to attract an offer that I would willingly accept, um, especially as Craig said, yeah, knowing we spent twenty million, um, and that's kind of how I'm doing them. Uh, and and Captain Fantastic is next, Mister Lewis Dunk, um, and he sits in the first eleven group for me too, uh, because he's now turned onto the the wrong side of thirty. I don't see a club coming in for him. Um, for any amount of money that is going to be worth it at that age, um, three or four years, two or three years ago, we were looking at a very different situation, right? Everybody, including the media, clamoring for an England call-up, rumors of Chelsea being interested in him being a lifelong Chelsea fan, stuff like that. That's that's a that's a everyone has a price situation. For me, I think he's got past that now. He's talked about wanting to retire here. Everybody says the right thing obviously but uh, i think he really means it um and I, I just don't see any offer coming in that's suitable enough for me to say that he would he would have a price that i'd be willing to accept so he joins webster in the first 11 for me uh, well here's a question what's the price you would accept then <sighs> for how important it is to us mm. uh at least 25 million all right, Newcastle coming there, bid twenty five million. Yeah, right, you can. Uh, so I think a lot <laughs> of people. Dis- I think a lot of people disagree with you, but I bet they would. Yeah, but I'd do it yeah. for that. Knowing his age and knowing the disgusting wealth of centre halves we have coming through, uh, because we've got Van Heck coming through. By the way, who yeah, I really yeah. think is yeah. going to be prior to, to any preseason whatsoever. I think he is going to be the guy in that back line next year. 
that breaks through from all of those loans. And I think he's going to become and just a mainstay in that back three, back four, whatever it ends up being game to game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dan Byrne, not very different in age from Lewis Dunk, right? Well, they're both 30, I think. Uh, and what was that fee to Newcastle in the end? 10. One and a half, yeah. 10 is on dabs. But I mean, it, it, yeah, they're not in the same bracket for me as footballers anyway. Um, but I think, as you say, if you sort of reverse engineer it a little bit and you say, well, Dunk is half as, you know, 1.5 times better than Dan Byrne, you still don't take 15 million for him. So, yeah. I think just on the premise of Webster as well, I've put them in the same bracket. I've sort of treated them the same. I think they're both incredibly important to what we do and how we play. Um, but to, to Adam's point as well, if we sold him, if we, we saw again on, on, on Twitter, it rolled through that he's gone for 30 mil to another Premier League club, I'd be fuming, like absolutely seething. So um, it could be in one of many brackets here, I think. Um, it's it, it's more of a case that he it's not in everyone has a prize because I'd be fuming regardless and, and not because, I mean, does that make him untouchable then? From from my perspective, I was that, about to ask that question. At this stage, with his age, we've got nothing to lose at this point. Like, do you, do you classify him as untouchable? Do Do you drop him? Is is he is he never going to be in your back your back three or four? Adam, Mister Never Untouchable, what do you think? No, because I, I would I would sell him. I'd sell him for the right money. I'd sell and I'd I'd sell every anyone any player for the right money. It's just, it, uh, and you never know when there's just suddenly there's a new billionaire in town and they want to make a splash and you know some some guy buys a franchise in the MLS. Hi, you know what? A couple of years time, let's bring this guy over. We'll just give him a stupid amount of money. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. All right, so where are we putting him? I had him in first 11 player. Craig, yeah, that's where he is for me. All right, well, yeah. there it is. Uh, next up, Shane Duffy. Where are we plopping big Shane? I've unfortunately got him in expendables, despite a very good first half of the season. And I think with the other players that we've got coming in, we just talked about Van Heck, we talked about... Feltman's versatility will speak about him. Um, but yeah, I think I think he moves on. Um, even after those amazing stats, didn't you hear about uh, their clearances? <laughs> um, and the headers. Yeah, they don't forget the head. I mean, I, I think his renaissance after Celtic has been incredible. There's, uh, there's no doubt about that. But here's my issue with him. He earns 40000 a week which puts him was more expensive than Adam Webster, Joel Veltman, Tarek Lamptey, Enoch Wepu, Alex, Alexis McAllister, and just slightly cheaper than Leandro Trossard. He is not worth that money. Uh, and for me, that means he is expendable. Yep. Unanimous decision. Uh, you both covered that superbly. So no more from me. Um, Hayden Roberts. What are we doing with young Mr. Roberts, who has floated in and out of that squad uh, 
And the only reason I've even put him in here is because he's classified as a first-team squad player uh, on the website, which begs the question, what are we doing with Hayden Roberts? <laughs> I have him in expendables with a year left on his contract. He's, he spent a lot of time on that bench, never came off it, and then subsequently was replaced by Ophir and other centre-backs that were probably more preferred. He doesn't look anywhere near in line. And again, with Van Heck coming in, probably going pretty high to the top. Uh, I've got him in expendable again. Yep, same for me. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, it sounds like a rumor today about Napoli bidding for Leo Ostergaard on a permanent fee. Um, you've already talked about Van Heck. Uh, clearly, there's a it's a good supply line there, and I'm not sure if Roberts is necessarily a part of that. 24-year-old West Brom player of the season, Matt Clark, too, by the way. Everybody forgets about Matt Clark, but he's still only 24. There is a genuine chance that he can come back and do something useful there. I don't know who he annoyed at the club because uh, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, because uh, again, I, I, I've I've heard such amazing things from his, from his time at, um, at Pompey, I believe, um, yeah. and it's just it's weird. Dar- one of Derby, I think he was Derby's outstanding centre half last year too. Like they couldn't they couldn't get enough of him last year. Well, that's two. That's two player of the seasons in a row in the championship, isn't it? It's, there's not a lot more he can do. <laughs> yeah, is it third time? Come on, off you go again. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me, Roberts is expendable. For me, um, I think he'll be going out on loan this season uh, to a championship team, probably. Um, and he's probably going to go the Ostergaard route if we see enough that we like it. I think we might keep him another year, uh, but I think inevitably he's going to go somewhere. Um, now Napoli though to Ostergaard uh, I've seen anywhere from 4 to 8 million for him um, plus add-ons I can only imagine the disgusting amount of add-ons that Tony will be packing onto that contract that's gonna that could we could double our money with the with the amount of add-ons on there I would, I would bet yeah I mean you take you, you, you take what you can get there anyway right I, especially with I don't know, that's not, well, we're overusing it but how much was in Dev? Right, he's done anything yet. He's going to be so bad, isn't he? He's going to. He's going to we're going to be begging for Mope back. Bring him back in. He'll he'll do it for us. There's going to be people flying planes over the top of the Amex. Like start yeah. Neil Mope, <laughs> like the uh, White Lives Matter banner at Burnley. God, you will not be missed. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. God, I've forgotten about that. Almost to protect my brain. Yeah, yeah, just that's. Hate them so much. Uh, Veltman, Joel Veltman. Um, I'll always love him because he is just one of the best signings we've ever made, value for money wise, in the Premier League. Um, for me, he sits firmly in squad player, though. Uh, I I see, I foresee him being beaten out of that starting eleven by Van Hick throughout preseason, um, and. I would predict by about game eight, he's fully in there. Uh, in the same way that Veltman did to Doffy, funnily enough, this year, um, I think we may see uh, Van Hick do the same thing to his uh, Dutch compatriot. I think he's going to just beat him out of that 11 and stay there. Um, so for me, his know-how, his ability to fill in just about anywhere in that back line and just how good he and consistent he is, I wouldn't ever want to see him go, but I think he's firmly in that squad player for me. 
I, I have him higher. I have him on the first 11. Just, this is a player beaten from player of the season by a purely outstanding player with magical hair. So you, I think he's just incredible. I think he's super reliable. I think he's done so well. He rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, I would, I'd be upset if he was like sort of in that realm. I think Van Heck obviously has a lot about him, but it's going to take some beating to try and push Veltman out of that squad. Um, I've got him in first 11. The new boys are going to overrule here. Look at this. There's, there's been a coup. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with everything you said, Craig. Yeah, he's, he's first 11 for me. Right, and that'll be everything. Thanks so much for your time today, boys. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, into the first 11 uh, category, he goes. Love it. Yeah, stop the count. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up uh, is an interesting one. Um, Mr. Basuma. Already the rumours are ongoing. Uh, I think I've heard about eight different names now. Uh, already this summer uh, Manchester United uh, Liverpool Roma Villa Newcastle Chelsea at one point because they were going to come and get both that him and Kukurea at one point was the rumour for like 90 million um, just after that ridiculous bid went through uh, and yeah he's very much in demand um, and the bidding war is just going to as predicted uh, together, BHA and probably most podcasts, Albion based. Uh, there's a lot of teams interested in with a year left on his deal. And the likelihood is this bidding war is going to continue for at least a few weeks. So, uh, where where do we see him? Where do we see Basuma? I have him in the Ted DiBiase category. I think he, he has a price, and I think I'll be happy with it. Um, you take into account. A year left on the contract doesn't look like he's going to renew it if he does amazing and we saw that slight dip after january where for whatever reason and it means he's got that in his locker but i think someone's going to pay a silly amount for him and he has a year left on his contract i'd be perfectly comfortable with that um as long as the price is right I added a little bit of Bruce, Bruce Forsyth in there as well for you. Jesus. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, can you imagine with all these clubs connected to him if you if he ended up actually going to Villa? Like, oh, come on, man. You can't do that. It'd be even pedigree. better if they finished below us again. Yeah. Uh, I could, The Roma rumours are interesting to me because... That that role in a Mourinho system is a prized one, uh, and he's made a, a many a star out of that defensive midfielder breaker up of play in his in his time. I think Casemiro and and but going back before to your Macaleles and things like that. So like that could be interesting. They just won that Euro that Conference League, the fake Euro Cup or whatever, um, and I think that means they then get into the regular fake euro cup you know um so that should be interesting i i think he goes it's just how much so 
that's that's really it. Uh, and I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think if we see north of twenty million, you'd be thankful purely because of how long he's got left on his contract. You just have to hope for the bidding war to, to heat up, as you said, and you've got to hope people start going. No, I want him more than you, and you get closer to thirty. I think if you get close to thirty, you say thank you for your time. You've been incredible. One of the best players we've ever seen at the club. Let's find another version of you with the thirty million. Yep. All right. That works for me. Craig, do you agree? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think it's an inevitability this season. Um and yeah, I th- I think that thirty million mark will be about where we where we land. And I think most people will be happy with that. Um Alexis McAllister, next up. This one's an intriguing one. Where where are we sticking him? Has he still got an, a year on his contract? He does. He has one year left. <sighs> I can't. I still. You know, I struggle with Alexis. I, I just don't know. I feel like we all do. I feel like I feel like he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you see. The problem is, I, I think. I think if Alexis McAllister played for Norway, uh, there'd be you'd just be like, ah, oh, he's probably not good enough. But when you see him training next to Messi, uh, you you go, okay, this is the guy. And then you see some of the passes and some of his set pieces just get you excited. And then he does, then he's just really disappointing in some games. I think he has the ability to completely dictate the play. And I just wonder whether Basuma out of the team, Casado taking on a different role, allows him to just take more and more of that gross time up as gross, again, adds another year to his age going into the next season. And he's, you know, what is it at this point? He's going to be, he'll be probably 31 going into the next season. I still, I don't know whether I could call him a first 11 player because I don't know whether he's in my first 11. But I think that's probably where I'd put him. I think that's where I'm putting him as well. Um, first 11. You see the glimpses of it. And you saw, I think, I'll take the West Ham game just because it's easy and it's fresh in the mind. But him dropping a little bit deeper when Basuma came off, you you see that quality that he has in in, in that middle of the park. But you're right. We, we don't know where his best position is. Um, he can play as far forward as he wants or he can play in that role. It's just where's best for him and, and how does he fit into such a fluid system that we have with so many options. Um, he's first 11 for me, for sure. He's still young. Um, he does only have a year on his contract, which is worrying. We need to tie that down. Um, but there's, there's something special in there. It's just finding where best place he is on the pitch. Yep. I would agree with everything both of you just said. He's in my first eleven as well. Um, I, I don't see to add to it. I, I don't. I don't see him being good enough yet to start attracting other clubs at him. I, I don't think he's in that bracket of, of players that are going to have people look at him and go, "Acom willing to spend a fair bit of money to get Alexis from Calister into my team." Not yet. Mm. This time next year, maybe a very different conversation if he signs another deal. Um, and Potter works out just what on earth he's doing with him. Um, could be a different conversation. Uh, Leandro Trossard. Um, yes, he only has one year left on his deal. However, it has been uh, reported via various sources from 
Brian Owen to Naylor at the Athletic that he does have a minimum one-year extension option um, that they have no concern about renewing, uh, both from the Trossard side and the club side. Um, so, yes, he has the one-year on his deal, but when taking that into account, you've got to recognise that it may not be as big of a factor as someone like Alexis, possibly. So where, where are we sat with Leandro, given that we've already talked a fair bit about him? Uh, I'd love Adam to lead us off on this one. <laughs> so he he is in uh, despite all the crap I give him he's in the upper tier not the untouchable one he's, he's in the every player has his price tier for me because I think he he he's the embodiment of that in many ways uh, because if, if you get a good enough offer because I think he could he can he has the ability he's shown he has the highs where and a club could come in and be like God, we've seen him on his day. We'll give you a decent chunk of money for him. Uh, he's very, very good, and he is. And I think you say, thank you very much. We've got Matoma in the in the wings waiting. We, we backfill another player there, and you you make your profit and you move on. Um, that's my honest opinion with him, but I, I, I'm very glad that he'll be around for an, at least another year or so. Um, I'm not in, in the habit of trying to get rid of him tomorrow. That's, that's for damn sure. I have him in the same spot. I think he's uh, easily marketable with the highs that he has. Um, you'll scour football Twitter and uh, as much as you want to, um, and you'll always see from the outside looking in just how um, how highly praised Trossard is for those really good games that he has because it's so easy to see his quality. Um, for us that watch all 38 games in the season, we can also see his lows and go, actually, you know, he, he does have his off times. I think it's someone that if the, the price comes in and, and someone offers a silly amount of money, you'd be foolish not to take it. Um, but he is getting better. Um, but at the same time, he's, what, 26 now? He's probably looking for that big move and a, and a fair bit of money. 27, to, I think, yeah. Yeah, to, to try and get that. So if a Europa League or a Champions League team comes in for him with a silly amount of money, we're, we're not turning it down. Yep, I would agree with that. Can I can I give two very quick hits if you were moving on from him? Yeah, because I I think there's the biggest credit I can give to him is I don't think there's another player on this team, Kukurea included, that is capable of completely taking this club from let's say fourth gear to fifth gear like he can. He's a game changer, as we've seen it, uh, and that has a price tag on it that makes him valuable even with all the downsides. Um, I really don't think we have another player like that. But the only other thing I'd say is that if we're going to play him as like this pseudo left wing back when we pivoted to that sort of tactical setup towards the end of the season, which works, we, we were performing incredibly well. Yeah. I don't know if that's really, you, you can replace that. You can replace Trossard with a player that does that role for a lot cheaper than what the, the, you, you'd sell Trossard for. And I think if you then bring back to where he arguably is his best, where he plays sort of in that central weaving around role, just behind like number 10 kind of role. Well, that's where I want Sarmiento to step in over the next year and two years and, and start there. Cause he really, really excites me. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully there's a bit of a changing of the guard there. If Trossard does decide to move on. Yeah. 
I think you'll start seeing that. I really do. Uh, Kozlowski not far behind him. Um, and then, of course, Mitoma, depending on where they want to, depending on where they want him to play. Because for for USG, they, he, he plays him in a pretty similar spot to, to that role. Um, but for for Japan, he's he's more out wide. So it well, depends on what Potter wants to do with him, I think. There's the other one too. Let's not forget all the rumors that were circulating today that we're, we're back in for for an, an how do you even say his name? And Ciso and Ciso, yeah, I don't know. Um, who who bagged a lot of goals this year uh, from from that sort of number ten position? Uh, what was his actual record? Fourteen appearances, eleven goals, three assists. I'd say that's pretty decent. Yeah, uh, and he's eighteen. Uh, now this was you know, arguably not the highest level quality league in the world. So I think if we signed him, he'd go back out somewhere else, maybe get some experience in European. Who knows? USG need a uh, a player potentially to play in what the Europa League they'll be in. Um, so that's another one. So it's not like if Trossard were to go, we don't have anyone. If this, if this guy signs, uh, there's a lot of players wanting that number ten role. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, all right, let's get Trossard out of the way. Uh, Miss Mwepu next. Enet Mwepu, long term contract, um, very long term. Um, he'll be with us for a while. Uh, very young, uh, had a bit of an injury, injury prone season, but not an injury prone player based on the last couple of years. Uh, where do we put Mwepu in this pot? I have him in first 11. I think he's electric when he plays. He just doesn't play often enough. Um, so I would I would put him in there. Um, just, yeah, a big caveat on on the injuries because I think, yeah, he's had a he's had an unlucky season. But he's he's in first 11 for me. If he's available, I'm probably picking him. Yeah. He's, I mean, he he's the closest second in my mind to a player that can change the game to Trossard. He showed that couple of times uh, and I'll not forget that weird Liverpool goal for a while um, that I still think was a cross but the fact that he even did it was impressive so yeah I think he fits like right there he, uh, he carved himself a role in the team this year and he impressed I think he had a lot of doubters the first few games people said god is this have we have we got another dud on our hands here um, and I think he proved a lot of doubters wrong yep I would agree uh, put him on that list in the first 11 um, again, just like I said for Alexis, I don't think he's going to be in demand enough, anywhere near enough yet to, to see silly money. So yeah, uh, very much in that first 11, though, for what he can do. Um, Adam Lalana next. Uh, <laughs> he is very much the definition of squad player this year for me. Um, I'm not starting him in that midfield as is. Uh Obviously, before Basuba is going to get sold inevitably and other movements and this, that, and the other. Today, right now, Adam Lallana does not make that first 11 at all. Not with that group in the midfield. Um, the fact that he has that three-year contract, this is going to be his last year, I believe, and he's signed that long-term deal with the idea of becoming a coach at the Albion. Um, he doesn't go into the expendable get rid uh, for a wealth of reasons, not just because of that, but the experience he offers and the the versatility he offers and just the touch of class he offers really whenever he does come on. Um, but for me, he's not reliable enough 
to be anywhere near a first 11 player. So I, I have him in the squad spot. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add, squad player. I love Lalana. I don't love that we pay him £90,000 a week. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I just, I don't think who's going to, no one's going to take him off your hands at this point. Um, you, you sort of, you're stuck with him until the end of the contract. I actually wouldn't mind seeing him play more, especially if we, now Casado's proven some value to sit behind a little bit and solidify things. Uh, when he was involved, he was the metronome for the first part of the season, Lalana, and then he fell off a little bit, had a little few niggles that came in, some tweaks that's just, summarised his career I think he starts again in the first 11 for at least until he gets injured invariably again yeah all right so we're sticking him in squad player then um that's where he's gonna sit uh Pascal Gross next up uh Potter's own words the deal is all but done um in terms of the the contract extension um so he will be here uh, for another year um so probably putting him in an expendable get rid is a brave shout if any of you have done that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but who? What? What are we doing with Pascal Gross? Where, where are you two putting him here? This is an interesting one. Um, really interesting to me to see where you do want to want to put Pascal Gross. So who? Where are you putting him? He's he's right in the middle of first and squad to me. I don't know where to put him. I genuinely. Um, I have him on my little sheet as just a question mark because I, I honestly have no idea. Um, that if you name your best 11 out of the squad that we currently have, is he starting? Probably not for me. But does that make him a bona fide squad player only? I guess if you're being ruthless, yes. Um, and, and by the letter of the law, then yeah, that's where I should put him. But I think if you label your best 11, I don't think, well, I think some people would admit Pascal Gross from that 11. And, and that's where I'm getting a little bit conflicted. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's don't, I don't disregard the fact that the club can renew a contract and sell him because he put himself in the shop window in the latter part of last season and he's raised his value. Um, because I, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing with Osegard. They signed right. him to a two-year deal, shipped him off to Genoa, and are now selling him for five million quid. Exactly. So. Like, there's, there's, there's reasons for it. You don't just let contract run out if you've got an option, uh, and you, a player's useful to someone. Uh, <laughs> he was a difference maker at the end of the season, and not just the end, final third of the season. Um, I hope that continues because he was not good for a decent chunk prior to that. But coming off this season and where we're at, for me, he is in my first it, it is in my first 11. Uh, and I th- he pips Alexis to that for me. Uh, I want him playing over Alexis for another year or until he decides to f- fall out of form. Uh, that's the difference for me. I expected these responses. Um, I actually expected them to be the opposite way around, uh, to be honest. Um, but I, I agree with Adam. Um, I think I would want Pascal over Alexis with Mwepu. That's your two top assisters. Yeah. Let's see what they can do with an undav, whoever else up there. Um, at that point, the strikers can't complain. <laughs> You've got two very different types of players, but both are clearly huge chance for creators. Um, and Alexis just isn't that quite yet. Um, 
So for me, I, I had him as first 11 too. Um, but he's one of those players that is right there in the fact that like I wouldn't, similar to um, Veltman, I wouldn't be shocked if he was bumped down a notch halfway through the season from an Albion perspective. I wouldn't be surprised yep. if Alexis showed enough or whoever else showed enough to put him back into um, the squad player category. But for me, I had him in first 11 as well. Interesting one, two coming up. Uh, Jakob Moida. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like it's, it's just IR. <laughs> There's yeah. no... It's hard to it's hard to do it. It to say anything about him. He was consistently in the first eleven for a good period of time. He's at the right age. He's shown quality at an international level. He was on this incredible upward trajectory. It was just such a bleak moment to see him get injured in such a horrible way. Um, so I think we'd be doing a disservice to put him anything, at least my opinion, anything lower than that. But it's hard to even grade him now. He's he's going to be out for so long. You don't know how some players just find it hard to come back from those injuries. Yeah, I remember a sort of so a few things flying about around sort of that sort of injury and the expected time frame of one hundred percent recovery, not just being able to play football, but to come back from it and fully be back to normal. You know, that does take a season and a half and two seasons sometimes. So such a shame because he I he's a really good player. It's just um I don't expect to see him at all next season, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um yeah, I, I that he was similar to Gross uh, and Veltman for me, like right in between that first 11 and squad, because for all intents and purposes, he was the first 11 player. Uh, Post-injury, mm-hmm. what is he? Is he going to be capable of coming back and playing to a level where he can break back in? Or is he just going to be another Izquierdo that never makes yeah. it back to that level of quality? Because um, a lot of people forget that Izquierdo was the guy from a from a game changing standpoint. Yeah, so he was the OG oh. Trossard. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, and then that meniscus tear basically ruined his entire career, and he's never going to financially recover from that. Like um, <laughs> in reference there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like he's he's now the new version of that as to whether Moda can can do that. Um, so for that reason, I had him in squad player because. As of right now, I can't see him being anything more than. I think I think you're yeah I think you're right, and you'll probably segue onto this. But with Casado coming in as well, like yeah, I, I, my first eleven has Casado in it now. Same, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, uh, yeah, just a lovely talent. Nice little quick one there, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get one done. Yeah. yeah, we can move out. Yeah, we can move on there. Uh, I don't think anybody has any uh, <laughs> any worries about that. Um, let's talk about another option here that Outrun in the chat has just talked about. Um, he considers Alexis McAllister to be very similar to another player, Solly March. Sometimes he looks like the best player on the team. Sometimes he doesn't but he's very much a utility player in that you can play him all over the place. Solly March, uh, just about anywhere on the flank, either side, he will do it. Uh, And anywhere in the middle of the park, Alexis will do his very level best to do that job as well. Um, So I can definitely see the similarities there. Um, But Solly March, you all, um, for me, I mean, he's firmly in the squad player group. Um, I can't 
I can't put him any higher than that. But he's sitting there for me. I, I think he's the like quintessential best version of squad player you can think of. Uh, you don't feel bad when he comes into a game. He makes a, a difference. He's a change of pace. You don't feel terrible when he starts. He's never going to be the permanent option. Squad player, great. When you when you said utility, I immediately went squad. So you know that that's pretty much the summation of it for me too. Would you possibly say he is the uh, the the Brighton and Over Albion Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> well, he's not retired yet. He doesn't have <laughs> enough memes around him. Uh, yeah, he's not enigmatic enough. But uh, yeah. I would love to see the beard on him though. Um, I'd say can, still- can Solly March grow no, a beard? I, I don't think he can. At he's best, sort of stash. Twenty-seven and not looks doesn't look like he's had a hair on his face his whole life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stephen Alzate next up. Uh, Graham Potter was quoted just today saying he is still very much a fan of what Alzate has to offer and is very much looking forward to seeing him uh, break into the first team next season and produce more and provide more and become more important to the team. Um, Whether that whether that's true or not, or whether that's just Graham saying Graham things because he's obviously not just going to say, "Yeah, I just don't see it." Um, where where do you two have have this player? I've got I've got him in squad player again. Um, I I don't see him in my first eleven. I mean, I I think he's a brilliant player and what he does and and bits and pieces. I just think we have better options right now. So he's he's in squad player for me. Yep, uh, I just want to. I want to make sure though that Potter's confident enough to actually use him as a squad player because I think there's there's a decent chunk of last season where there was hesitation to even bring him into games uh, when we could actually use him uh, when we were running light in those positions because if he's not good enough for that, then there's a decision to be made. Uh, but for now, yeah, for me, he's using a squad player, but it's hard to grade him just on how little we saw of him for most of last season. Um, unless he's decided, unless obviously the internals know that Basuma is off and he hopes that Caicedo may take that breaker of like that destroyer role and Alzate take that other role. I don't know. Um, but uh, he's never quite been the same since he got knocked out by COVID. Uh, he's never been the same player. Um, and I, I, I can't speculate too much, but I. I have done plenty of times with it that like it's just it's not a coincidence to me that he's never been capable of breaking back in since he had that pretty bad bout of COVID. Um, long COVID is obviously a real thing, very real thing uh, that that is affecting millions of people. Um, I don't know, like maybe maybe that maybe that is a factor. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I think all we know is that he, he was out and he came back and he wasn't as good. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's something. Uh, you just hope he comes back. There was a, there was a there was a brief spell a uh, year and a half, two years ago, where you looked at him, and you thought, oh, he's he's going to break himself into the first eleven here, and that's not even a conversation at this point. Uh, Jeremy Sarmiento. So we're all putting him in squad player for now. Yeah, uh, Sarmiento next up. I wish there was like a young up and coming bracket. A rising star because that's where I think he's squad because I just want to see more of him. And I know he had that unfortunate injury and he won the young player of uh, one of the young player of the year award, didn't he? 
Uh, yep. He's special. He's a special player. We didn't see it much. And I just hope we see it a little bit more this year. Yeah, I've got him in squad player for now, just in, in that bucket. But I, I definitely want to see more of him next season. Yeah, I think that squad player group is is the most diverse as to reasons why they're in there, um, for sure. And I think that's to be expected. I think that's pretty much how it is every year. Um, there's there's young up-and-comers, there's older heads that are not going to be first-team players anymore, and then there's the occasional injury concern, um, like Jakob Moda. Uh, I think that's always inevitable for the squad player category to fill those, those groups. So uh, final two, uh, let's start with uh, Neil Mopey. Where are we putting him with the knowledge of Mr. Undav coming in? Welbeck playing so well at the end of the season. What are we doing with Neil? I mean, I've already got, I've already gone out and said, I don't think he plays for the club again. I, st- I still don't think he plays again. Um, Yeah, I think he. I think he gets sold. He's got his contracts up in in a year, um, because it, realistically, you have to think. Unless something crazy happens next year, and, and let I don't know, Undav gets injured, Mope stays at the in the team. He comes in, he scores twelve goals. He's not signing another contract. So all you're saying now is just okay. Well. Do we keep him as a rental for 12 months in case someone gets injured? Right? Uh, kind of. Um, because I don't think he's your starter anymore. I, I, I just don't. You, 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 you re-upped Welbeck. He's proven that he can lead the line. You've just brought in another player who led the, the Belgian Pro League. We're being rumoured for other strikers. I just don't see a role for him. Craig? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think I partial agreement that you know if he if he stays he's in that squad player role where he's not he's not starting so in, in that respect if we're if we're going off the premise that he is staying at this club next season which i don't think happens if he's not first team or first 11 sorry but i think he's squad player if he stays um he has the quality we we know he does but clearly he's not doing on a consistent enough basis for us to have him dead set in that first 11 I'll get rid. I really would. Oh, boy. I just don't see the reason to keep him. Undav is potentially, technically, a better version of him. Obviously, the caveat is he could be shit. But he's the better version of him. We've got Zakiri coming back, who can play that backup role, because he's played almost every game for Allsbergs this season and played okay, by all accounts. Um yeah, and like you said, we're not. It's not the. Uh, it's not the only one, right? It's not. He's not the only option. We've got plenty of others coming up as well. We've got other. We've got players that are happy playing in an offensive role. We've just talked right at the beginning of the show that the two top scorers in the Premier League this season, neither of those were strikers. We started seeing goals come from everywhere um, at the end of this this season. I get rid of him, cash in on him while he's young. Someone will take him. You'll have a championship team take him. We'll get we'll get almost all our money back from a championship team. Genuinely think I would, we would 
at his age and the fact that he's scoring eight, 10 goals a Premier League season, they'd see him as another potential Mitrovic where they can get themselves guaranteed promotion to the Premier League on his back. And I'd do it. It's so hard. It really is because uh, when he got dropped from the team, that was in that horrible run. Um, now, was that run due to Neil Mopay? Or was that run due to the team's performance? Or was it a combination of both? That's the problem that we're never able to isolate with Neil. And then during the first half of the of the season, Josh is off messing about with his fan. Uh, he was electric, wasn't he? In the opening part of the season, Mopay was electric. There was no doubt about it. But after that Palace goal, not a lot happened until December. Uh, and then he had that spell outside of a goal at Watford. He scored once from Boxing Day until the end of the season. That's just, you just can't do that. Even if the team is just dire, even Timu Puki was banging goals in for Norwich. Like, that's the problem. He's so frustrating because he's like, when we went back earlier, if, if anyone's joined late or skipped over this, the, the, some of this, my backup best moment of the year was Neil Mopé's goal against Palace. And I think a lot of people would share that. Like he's, he's such a talisman for this club, but he's also, I don't think anyone in the club pisses us off more than Neil Mopé because you're like, come on, can you just be as good as we know you can be? I think it'd be such a shame if we sell him, but I think it has to happen. It's like a failed experience, like a bad relationship. You need, you know, you've got to get out of, but you're also sad at the same time. (laughs) Some some cost fallacy. Yeah. 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 All right, where are we putting him? Um, where what what category? After all the dust has settled, where are you putting him? I think he's expendable. Craig, uh, squad player, I'll stand by it. It's not a ringing endorsement for Neil, is it? That we've got two expendables and a squad player. Uh, yeah, not great for him. Um, either which way, even if we'd have gone with just squad player. It's not great um, for his for his outlook, uh, but he sits in the expendables. Unbelievable. Um, and then the last one, uh, but not least, uh, Mr. Danny Welbeck. Where are we putting him? Club legend, untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> I love Danny Welbeck. I think he's great. He's first in eleven for me. I think so. Uh, given given what he's been doing the last third of the season as well, I think just singing his praises and just being, I mean, that guy that we know he can be. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's first 11 for me too, but it, it's close. I think you could you could argue for, for squad player as well in terms of how long he's been involved and his, his injury issues as well. Um, but benefit of the doubt and how well he's finished the season, it's first 11. Uh, yeah, unanimous, actually. Um, I would go on record saying the same thing, despite wanting to get rid of him eight months ago. Uh, I, I would I would definitely put him in there. Um, his, his renaissance has been unbelievable. Again, uh, if only he could stay fit. Uh, I, I think he'll probably be beaten out by, by Undav sooner or later, uh, if he is all we want him to be. Uh, inevitably he will not be in that first team group. But after the way we ended this season, the goals that were coming from everywhere and so many of them were, he was integral to without touching the ball. 
Um, just his off-ball movement was unbelievable. So, yeah, for me, first 11 player as well. Could you imagine if we did this assessment 10 games into the season 20? Because there's so much movement. Because throughout the season, you people basically said, like, Bob Sanchez would be expendable. After the first few games, you probably would have been like, well, Kukure is a squad player. Just one person. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, you would have had, we would have said gross, expendable. Mope, only for the right price. No way you're taking Neil Mope off our hands. Like, it's just, it's amazing how much. Caicedo wasn't at the club. It's just, (laughs) it's ridiculous. And that's, that's, like you just said, that's football, though, isn't it? That's the beauty of it. Uh, How long a season can be um, a player that wasn't even in the squad ends as a first 11 player. Yeah. Um, I, right. I, I, one last thing I said, this felt yeah. like a bit of a watershed moment just in the Premier League as a whole around January transfers this year, didn't it? Because this was the first season where clubs signed players in January and were like, they really changed the fortunes of the team this season. I think you can classify Caicedo in that, in that bucket, that the Spurs signings, significant changes. That and that is very important going into this year, as we talked about before, when you've got a Qatar World Cup right around that same time in December leading into January, which is going to cause an absolute cluster. Yeah, it's going to be so bad. Uh, that's every. That's all of them. Um, so in the uh, expendable get rid column, uh, the, the, the boys have spoken. Steele, Duffy, Roberts and Neil Mopay. Uh, one of those is not like the others. Um, but those four enter the expendable get rid uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, squad players, Adam Lalana, Jakob Moda, Solly March, Steven Alzate and Sarmiento. Uh, variety of reasons there uh, that we're putting those players in that bucket. Uh, our first 11 players, um, Webster, Dunk, Veltman, Alexis McAllister, Wepu, Gross, Caicedo and Wele. Uh, so we've got a fair group there. How many's in the first 11? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then how many are above that? <laughs> Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> I see a small issue. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I. To be fair to us, I think we also anticipate at least two of these next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to have players definitely gone. Um, the, the everyone has a price group. Uh, Big Bob Sanchez uh, with... Leicester and Newcastle reportedly interested. Tarek Lamptey uh, is also in the everyone has a price group. Uh, Bissouma with just about every big club under the sun and Villa and Newcastle interested. Uh, and then Trossard as well, um, who's also been doing the rounds in terms of people being interested, uh, but obviously pretty important to us this season. Uh, and then in the untouchable group is the one and only and the standalone man himself, uh, not unanimous decision, but he's in there regardless, and that's Mark Kukurea. When the club true. does accept a fee of any price, you guys are going to look really silly. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be sad. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's not leaving, so I'd look at, like an idiot either way. So, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so transfers, incoming. Um, what we need, what we want, what we're hoping to see. Um, so... Really here, it's super simple. Just name one or two positions that you would like to see improved and why. Uh, And any players that have struck your fancy um, in terms of those possible signings. 
So this is this is your time to get on Football Manager, get on FIFA, although FIFA is not really as, as impressive at all. Uh, or just get on get on those random niche websites and find some players that you like to look off. Um, Adam, I'll start with you. Uh, what what is one of your positions of need going into this summer for Brighton and Albion? And what names, if any, do you have that you would like to see us venture a look at? Well, I'll, I'll start with the easy one. Shall I? I still think we need depth up front. Uh, and that is not going to be a surprise. We don't know what Dennis and Dav necessarily would be in the Premier League. That is a big step up from Belgium. And we have incredibly high hopes. I guess here's my worry, right? Is we bring in Ndav. Let's say we've got rid of Mope based on our current pseudo prediction. You've got a Danny Welbeck at the tail end of his career, relatively injury prone. And then you've got... Evan Ferguson, you know, so that the, the, there's a big missing link there. We were rumored uh, with um, Harry Darling's names going around today from MK Dons. Not exactly prolific. Uh, I don't know whether he'd necessarily be the right kind of fit. He's about 6'2". He scored only a handful of goals this season in, in League One, seven goals in 41 appearances. I can't imagine this is anything but a signing for the for the you know the younger crew, the academy system. I don't have a name for who I think we should sign up front because everyone's looking for a forward. But I do know that even with Undev, I think they're still hunting for a striker. It's not exactly a massive claim to fame, is it? But, you know, uh, yeah. I'd be shocked if we don't also have that on our list, though. Craig? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those weird ones where it's probably the uh, the position we keep keep talking about year after year after year. Um, and for once, I see the rest of the team and I go, oh, we've kind of got it covered. Um, you know, you've got Matoma coming in for that sort of, presence on the wings and, and being able to switch those guys out we're perfectly happy with gross signing another year and, and Solly march being the, the quintessential squad player that we have my only concern is similar to adam is is up front is is who who do we have to challenge you know with the undav assuming that mope is out and um, you you'll have the undav well back and another uh, I don't think Ferguson's that guy to be in that three right now. Um, he seems to be, but but maybe maybe that trust will be there. Um, it just depends on the movements, I guess. I think it has it has to be another striker because I think you're right that the step up from the pro league to to the Premier League, especially with what we're expecting of him, um, it it'll be a lot to handle for for someone. But um, here's hoping. I think we need another one. Yeah. Uh, I had two names on the list. Uh, one that was talked about a fair bit in January, uh, Brereton, ben, Benjamin Brereton Diaz. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But Ben didn't come up. Uh, Kadra has played with him. We haven't even talked about Kadra, by the way, um, who could end up breaking his way into that group as well um, in the squad. Uh, already got a good relationship there. Would definitely be available. To, to us as a as a price tag wages everything um i think he's definitely an option uh, and the other one i had on that list uh, is jao pedro from watford um 
very talented player, but just it doesn't seem like anyone in that team really knows how to use him. Uh, because whenever they do play him, he's clearly very good. He just they don't seem to know where to put him because they've got players like Dennis and Saar that are currently playing ahead of him and they they want to be able to play all three, but they can't. Um, so he was up there for me. Uh, and I think you would get him a lot cheaper than you get Dennis. <laughs> so, so that was the other reason in buying that. I would love Emmanuel Dennis uh, just for what he produced. But I mean, they'd be asking stupid money for him. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, when we talked a little bit, do, do we think a player like Veghorst is even going to be available? Because you, you have to imagine he was signed with the understanding that they, they might go down. Now, I don't know whether he's got a release clause, a relegation release fee or anything like that. But I know we've long been talking about needing a, a, a return of the brick shit house up front, you know? Um, and he is that. Uh, but it, it's just pure speculation. I don't buy in every other... I, I guess you just got to like we have to think about how this club operates when we're, because we can throw names out, but people throwing out names of just random players that they think are interesting in like Liga, things like that. So, well, we've just shown absolutely zero connection or like past occurrences of signing certain players, unless they've come through certain leagues or through certain teams. So, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to scour Latin America, but that's an area where we've clearly been constantly tapping into over and over again. Yeah. And you've got the you know, Polish leagues and so on and so forth. Invariably, we're going to sign player. We're going to sign a player that we have no idea existed. <laughs> that's the truth of it. So, yeah, anyway. Yep, absolutely. Um, one of the others I've got is obviously left wing back. Um, yeah. Kukurea is going to go. Uh, and especially spurred on by uh, Destiny Ugodi. Yeah, that's the name today. Yes. Um, So that one has a lot more foundation in it than most. Uh, That's been reported both in Italy and by now people who pretend they know things in England. Um, But that that one seemed to have a bit more foundation than most. Uh, Juve also keeping tabs on him. Sounds very similar, doesn't it? To a certain La Liga left wing back that came to us, uh, Barcelona keeping light tabs on him, Juve keeping light tabs on this fella, uh, and the rest, as they say, was was very much history with Cucurea. Um I mean, the intangibles look exactly what you'd expect them to look like. Um, I think, from a totally unknowledgeable un- standpoint, I don't, I don't know, but it seems like exactly the sort of signing that would have legs. You just sign him for his name. <laughs> um, you just want to say it's yeah, that's your destiny. From what I read earlier, it sounds like he is owned by Verona, was on loan at Udinese, but then Udinese I think had an option to buy him at the end of this season. They're going to do that and then invariably like sell them, sell him to someone else. Um, but yeah, what nineteen years of age, six two. Uh, yeah, what five goals last season? I think it was from yeah. from left wing back. I mean, it's just I, I, the the thing though is well, firstly, if if the Juve stuff's real, then I mean that's God's yeah. Um, <laughs> but because Juve get it or on the on their standard vacuum up all the free transfer talent program, 
because what they're getting Pogba, who else is it they're signing at the moment? Um, someone else significant. The name's escaping me. If you sell Kukureya for 60 million, I want someone on, you know, I, I feel like you, you've suddenly, you've already got money from last year. You're probably going to sell Basuma. If you sell Kukureya as well, we're suddenly talking about like 100 million quid. I want, I want to, at that point, I want a name somewhere in the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think they will, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to break the wage structure, I don't think. I feel well, like. What's the wage structure now? Because Lalana's 90, whatever, and he goes in 12 months. So you could, you know, you could basically just borrow it 12 months ahead, couldn't you, knowing that Lalana's going to be off your wage budget? Yeah. Um, I, a hundred. If you lose Eve Basuma and Mark Kukureya, you're, you're the two best players at the club. You can't replace him with a bunch of, with all due respect, a bunch of like kids coming from various sort of D tier leagues in Eastern Europe. You can't. You have to bring someone in. I yeah. really think that. Yeah, you can't bring someone in and hope that they reach the same heights as Basuma did two years and in, in two years because now now you're going backwards. You're doing the Southampton stuff. Now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I did have another name that I looked at that I looked at, and again, like you said, I can't scour the South American league, so I don't know shit about that. So what I do is I just look at those those teams in Europe and look at what we do look at. Um, we we've obviously took a real liking to very technical footballers. So your Mark Kukareas, your Caicedos, your Basumas, all mm. of those players that are very technical. Um, young, have to be young, and they have to be from off leagues, generally, is my like criteria. Your Polish league, your Belgian league, your area divisie sometimes. Uh, Sergio Gomez from Anderlecht, 21 years old, started at Borussia Dortmund, six goals, 39 games, left wing back, has played in every single Spanish youth team from 16 up to under 21s. Um, it just, it looks like another name that if it was mentioned fits into the exact same bracket as Cucurea and Old Destiny. I, yeah. I, I, it's, I would it's, be surprised. They're, they're, but you, you hope there's just a few of these, right? You, you hope we talked. We've talked a lot about depth uh, and replicating the system because it's great if we sell all these players. But we, as you say, we don't want to suddenly turn into oh, we've sold too many and we've not filled that top of <laughs> that top of the funnel again. We've just got a bunch of people that are seventeen to nineteen years old that aren't ready yet. Um, that's my only concern a little bit. But you have to buy a lot of a lot of lottery tickets. Craig, do you have any names out there? Not necessarily left wing back, just any of them that you. Uh, no, uh, no, not too many. Um, I think the only thing will be probably on the scout out for the next Lamptey or Livramento or uh, Lewis Bates when eventually these these kids from the top six um, start looking for first team football. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those in. Um, someone around the, the Cole Palmer or James McAtee type vibe um, where you see these young kids come in looking for first team football. It's worked in, in the most part for, for those that have been looking at it. Um, one of those would be great, but 
yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell. I think strike is the main priority. Let's let's see let's see what happens there. Yeah, and I think we've seen, like you said, we've seen a lot of those start to get their just desserts, and I think you're going to see a lot of those players feel the same way. You're going to see those those players that you're mentioning there go, well, Lamptey did it, and Livermento did it. If it wasn't for his brutal injury and all that sort of stuff, like these these players are leaving these clubs and they're going on to great start, great things. Um, I think the only other one that popped up for me um, was uh, Bissouma. Bissouma replacements, because we don't seem to have one. Um, and the two that I'd seen on Smarter Scout is what I use. It's like a fun little website where they like mix, mix uh, they like try and translate what Belgian league stats look like in a Premier League player, if that makes sense. So like, they're like, okay, they weight them. Um, as to like, okay, he scored 40 goals in Belgium, but like, how good is that in Premier League goals, like exchange rates? Um, and two players that really fit his maps that pointed to me that looked just looked interesting and fun because I like doing it, uh, was Al Hassan Yusuf at Antwerp, who's only 21 years old, uh, basically the same player, um, but at a lesser level, could be worth keeping an eye on, uh. He's already rumored to be picking up Premier League a- attraction, so who knows? Maybe that's actually true, and what our name is in part of it. And then another one uh, was Nicholas Dorch, who plays for Augsburg. And again, the only reason it popped up was because Zakiri's played all season there. Uh, yeah. But he has a very similar uh, outlook, and he's been playing every single Bundesliga game this year. Again, I don't know anything but I just like to look at these names and they're two interesting ones that I think will move this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if both move to the Premier League. And in the last two years, I've been quite good at these names, at least getting them moving to the Prem. They very rarely come to us, sadly, <laughs> but, but they're worth well, keeping we'll an eye on. Here's one random name. I got just going back to the striker one because how much have you have you seen much of? Uh, is it, I think it's Lois or Penda. He's been playing for Vitesse in the Eredivisie this last year. Um, Nineteen goals, second top scorer behind Sebastian Allais. Uh and I believe he's on loan from Club Bruges. So there's that. There's that sort of melding of leagues where we've plucked from in the past 22 years old um belgian so there's a crossover a little bit there with trossard on the international level i'm sure he's probably going to be rumored to be going to i'd say a tier above ninth place finish but you know what i mean i'm sure that there's there's talks of other clubs out there as well for him but another one just if we're throwing names out and i want to get credit in the future if there's an off chance that this happens i'll stick me next to a panda that's why i do it just just <laughs> don't forget don't forget where where this came from uh because genuinely like some of these players that's i mean that's a great shout uh i'd never even heard of him but he looks exactly the sort of name that you would expect the albion to look at um that pretty much covers everything i wanted to go over today uh what about you two happy with that almost a two-hour extravaganza yeah, God, you're still music. listening 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm, we're sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think you, uh, I've definitely all my like player rumors discussed because we're so early still at the moment. Yeah. I think we covered everything from the names that have cropped up. I'd just be interested. I think if there's any massive moves, it would be fun for us to hop back on this in the summer. Uh, yeah. In, a, in a few weeks and see what see where we're at the fallout if a kukurea does go for 60 million god we're going to be having a big old yeah. shinwag on that that'll be emergency pod levels too, yeah too right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right boys uh it's been emotional thank you very much um <laughs> and we'll be back who knows when well at worst we'll be back for our pre-season preview uh as to what the hell has been going on all summer um i suspect you're going to hear from us much sooner than that in regards to something nuts, because I think you're going to see a lot of money being thrown around at us, if not by us. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of money thrown our way this summer. We'll see what happens. But yeah. all in all, amazing season. So this is unreal. A plus plus. Yeah. Have a wonderful Chisel. summer, everyone. Uh, like I said, I'm sure you'll hear from us sooner than later. Uh, but be safe out there. Get a nice tan. Don't get burned. Wear sunscreen. Enjoy. Enjoy the World Cup. Oh, no. <laughs>